Hey everybody, welcome to We've Got the Beat, the podcast devoted to teen entertainment of the 80s and beyond. I'm your host, Michael, and Mindy's on the other side. Yo. <laughs> uh, this episode will be recorded. Wow, I really cranked up my mic. Everybody, let's whisper why I fixed this. It's way too... My apology. Holy... Don't wake up. Okay, back to normal volume. Um, I, I, I have a new computer because mine melted down. And uh, Audacity has a different setting here. I thought it was automatic. Um, we're celebrating the 25th anniversary of Fear and the 20th anniversary of Swim Fan. Two films really, really similar, both kind of ripoffs of Fatal Attractions for Teenagers. Both entertaining to shit, just entertaining trash. I love them. Yeah, I. they're still, you know, I feel like I saw them both relatively soon after they came out. Uh, and that makes me realize I'm really freaking old. But, um, <clears throat> but also, yeah, even now, I mean, I haven't seen either in, in ages, but yeah, they're both still, they got some, they still got some oomph. Yeah. And these are exploitation movies. There's no getting around it. It's not like, oh, we're making a higher end movie, you know, like, oh, or something where it was a thriller and actually I've never seen, oh, it could be trash as well. But, um. What I love is that it wears its on, you know, whatever it is on its sleeve. If you didn't have the cast that you had, that who were hot at that moment, huh? It might be garbage. Well, no, it would be direct to video. I'm almost certain of it. Oh, I. Because let's take this. If this had not been picked up, a fear had not been picked up by Ron Howard's company, Imagine. I can see this still having Alyssa Milano in it, but she's now the star. Yes. Yes, I see what you mean. Yes. And, you know, I can avenge that. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, it's a New Line Cinema, you know, direct-to-video kind of thing. And uh, it has some pedigree. James Foley uh, has some uh, acclaim behind him for crime films. And uh, like I said, Brian Grazer picked this up. I, everybody thinks that, you know, Imagine Pictures is always Ron Howard's involved. And he usually didn't get involved in uh, most of the productions. It's just the ones that he was interested in directing. There's just no way he would ever get fear and go, yep, that's for me. <laughs> oh, sure. No, he ha- he's, he has to have some kind of, you know, more challenge in Jig or something. I find this it interesting. Too, I, it's a good movie, but it's too basic of a concept for right. him to want to do. Um, the same year that this came out, uh, James Foley would also direct The Chamber, which I've never seen, but you've told me is good. Is The, cha- is the Chamber from a John Connell? Yeah, it's the one with uh, Chris O'Donnell and Gene Hackman. Oh, I think I remember, and I think that I read the book too and liked it. Oh, okay. But I mean, it's been a, it's been a million years, so yeah. I don't hold me to it. But I'm pretty sure it was good. Yeah. Um, at the time, the only person who could even be considered a name was Mark Wahlberg because he had been, you know, a musician, and I think he had maybe been in a couple smaller movies like Renaissance Man. Reese Witherspoon, oh. she was, you know, I think well liked, and the movies that she were she was in were critically acclaimed, but they were never hits, right? Cause Man of I the was going to say, I really think this is what the movie that got her noticed. Yeah, because it? it was Man I mean, on the Moon. I mean, Man on the Moon Fair was several place. years before, and I don't really think that it was on people's radar. I mean, of course. I'm always hip to the things, and I saw that shit when I was a kid and bawled my goddamn eyes out. But uh, I don't think that it's one of widely known. Yeah, and there's William Peterson. Now, for a brief moment, he was like, oh, everybody expected him to be a star because Manhunter and To Live and Die in L.A. were very Mm -hmm. well received, but both flopped hard. And I feel like this he... was definitely my first introduction to William Peterson long before, you know, the world was like, 
you know, obsessed with CSI. Well, we'd seen Young Guns 2 a million times, though. Oh, He's I Pat think Garrett. I didn't. I don't. I realized that as soon as you said it, but I, for some reason, don't think that I had that connection in my head. Yeah, and I feel like he had disappeared for a long time. I could not tell you right now what he did between Young Guns 2 and this movie. Uh -huh. And it's so funny that a studio would say, yeah, he's the, the uh, protagonist. Because this yeah. really is his movie. It's, you know, the fear is of losing his daughter to the stranger. And he's the one trying to figure out the mystery. Yeah, we, Reese Witherspoon and Mark Wahlberg are on the poster. And it's, it's centered around the relationship, but it really is willing. Well, I think that it's a really, it's kind of layered in a lot of ways. You know, there is so much, there is so much like about the, the team, but there's just as much about about him and his relation, his strained relation, his daughter and family dynamic that they have. In addition to um, the the romance that turned into chaotic violence and weirdness. So I think that this, is, I mean, it's layered in a lot of ways. I guess, yeah, you know, I'm people, wrong. I guess know? it is, it's a triptych, you know, uh, focused from three different points because you see yes. into Mark Wahlberg's world, which no one really gets to see into, where he's surrounded by all these druggies and scumbags and idiots. And then you yeah. have Reese's world, which is, you know, with Alyssa Milano and that kid from school. I don't know his name, but I... I Her one. name is not Reese. It is Nicole Forever. So, forever. We used to joke about this all the time. I thought this movie oh, was God, a yes. huge hit. I really did. I thought it was on the level of, like, craft. It wasn't? No, I thought it was like a 40 or $50 million movie, the way that we talked about it and the way it was promoted on MTV. <laughs> Do you remember, I'm pretty sure it was Machine Head with Bu uh, the Bush song or whatever, had clips uh -huh. of this movie yes. in it, and we just kept seeing it over and over and over. Yeah. And when it came out on video, I was in college, and we all joked around because we, we had a friend named Nicole, and we always said Nicole forever. And yeah. I didn't know. It did okay. It cost nothing. It cost $6 million, which makes sense since there really was no stars. It's shot in Canada. It's two major locations, basically. And um, it made 20. That's not a lot, really. But it was on video that it was so huge. And I'm sense. kind I mean, of surprised we didn't get inundated with a series of direct-to-video <laughs> But it seems like it would happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big cult hit. And it really launched, like you said, it launched Reese and Mark. Not so much for William Peterson, but he went to get, you know, supporting roles until uh, CSI four years later, which really made... You know what's weird is, like, the... The ladies, Brennan, Brennan or but like she never really made her mark. And she did a fair amount of, you know, over time she's done a lot of stuff, but she's not like a household like that. She never, I mean, I don't think she ever. Really no, I don't. I honestly couldn't tell you another movie she was in at the time. I think she had just come off of one of NYP, and it doesn't okay. help, at least in my mind, and I feel bad for this. I get her confused with a lot of others at the same time that were rising. There was a period where I couldn't tell the difference between her and Jana Margulies. Not necessarily because they looked alike, but they had similar, similar, similar look. But they also like broke out at the same time with you know NYPD and yes. ER, and I was like, wait, which one's which? And then somewhere around the way, there was like Melina Cancaritas, whatever. You know, she yes. was, and I was uh -huh. like, wait, is that's the girl from ER? And I just got so confused. But I think. Yeah, she's mostly a show person judging. Yeah, and I feel like, and Maureen was on like the Grey's Anatomy spinoff Private Practice, if I'm thinking from my remembering correctly. Yeah, it says right here, yeah, 106 episodes of that. She was on a TV show called Leftovers, oh. really good. But... Oh, okay. I've heard of that. I've heard really good things about it too, but I haven't. I haven't yet cracked open my IMDb. Good for me. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm, uh, you use IMDb, I use my Wikipedia. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> well, I don't trust. Well, I guess I was gonna say I don't trust Wikipedia as much because I mean anybody can add information to that, but then I think IMDb is the exact same thing. So never Sometimes, mind. Sometimes, yeah. Um, but I think that this really captured something that I don't think people had really seen in Mark Wahlberg, and it's weird that he's. I don't think he's ever played a bad guy again. But there is that sweetness, psychotic behavior, and the only thing to ever really tap into it was uh, after this, he did Boogie Nights. And this is what got him because he plays very naive, sweet kid, but when he gets on the cocaine is when he starts to look shit. Yeah, you know, here's my here's my thing about him. Like, yeah, maybe he did a little bit of stuff for this, but clearly this, you know, is his biggest role. And I'm just going to say, like, he hasn't really learned how to be an actor. No, like, he's learning. Think... You literally yeah. can see him learning on the screen, uh -huh. in my opinion. Like, he's acting with his lips like like do you know what i mean like he's like his his lips are so expressive he's like making out with her fucking forehead it's like <laughs> at one point i'm just like so focused on his lips and how emotive he is right. it's like it's it's really overly sexual when he's just kissing her on the forehead and maybe that's what he was doing on purpose because he was trying to fuck with her dad you know uh -huh. oh yeah so I, yeah yeah i don't know it was just like but at the, also it's like the whole time when he would give his little speeches or whatever he was like you could visually see him like gulping and like like I don't know if it was just a, a, a choice that he made with his character or if he was literally just like, just fucking get through this because I'm going to vomit. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, you see the same thing like in early Dwayne Johnson roles. The way you see him in the rundown, you can see he's like, oh, he's overly used face to make yeah, up for yeah. the fact, I think, you know, a decade or two of wrestlers who didn't really emote. Like he's overly yeah. emoting now. Um, but I, I feel like, yeah, he, he's trying. But I, I still think it's a really good job. I'm, I think he's scary as fuck in the movie. He's, when he loses his shit, and they use it in the trailer, um, yeah. about getting into the house, he's looking through that peephole. Fuck. <laughs> oh, yes, that part is super creepy. And, you know, why did they have to go there with the dog? <sighs> Jesus, that was They fucking... always do that, and it's such a cheap shot. It is a cheap shot, but also that was way graphic. Jesus. I mean, that's and a, he didn't. He did not need to do that because he had gained the trust of that dog. Yeah. He did not need to do that. It was completely pointless. Yeah. Ugh. The uh, I think I think a, most of the movie works, but I think the showdown yes. at the end kind of is not very creative. No one really seems yeah. to prepare. I, maybe it's just my in my head. I like to see people prepare. Like I mean, and that, I guess it's not realistic. Most people do kind of freeze, but um. I was like, oh, you got a house full of shit. Start grabbing weapons and don't just stare yeah. at things and throwing, you know, a table in front of the door. That's not going to help. Go get a fucking knife. Go boil some water to get ready to throw a pan on, you know, of hot water on some. Think. And they hardly do I anything. I think the reality is, is that when you are, I mean, we don't know, thank God, we don't need to, we don't know what it's like to be in that kind of a situation where, uh, I mean, I know that when I get stressed, I mean, not nearly to that level, uh, I do not think as clearly and i do not necessarily present myself as intellectual uh or as you know intelligently as i actually am i think that it just i think the reality is you don't think clearly uh, so you see me i shut down i don't i don't say anything i don't move i, I can barely function because i'm like what's like i'm trying to do damage control inside my own 
I do damage control, but it's not the most articulate thing you've ever seen. But I do it all the time. Yeah. Some days are better than others. Is it mostly burping? No. No. Um, But, I I mean, I see arguments both directions. Considering that there was four people on that household, you'd think maybe somebody could get it together. But, you know, who had it together the most? That damn little kid when he ran over that dude. Yeah. (laughs) That was so cathartic. You know, I don't know which one of them actually killed the dog. I'm assuming it's Mark Wahlberg. But he he has hardly the expression on his face. like, you can always see him going, la-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-
uh, I can't remember the demonic toys. And all of a sudden, you know, because he does a direct video or a direct TV superhero movie, I think it was called Nick Fury with David Hassel. Marvel calls him up to do Blade, and there you go. It just somehow that happened. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, also, uh, that tattoo thing—that's not how tattoos work. I have literally no idea. I saw that and I was like, I guess those are like prison tattoos. I think he, I don't he think so. He runs that ink <laughs> over the cuts or whatever, and then you know, and then he washes it off. I would think it would just all go with it. He literally washes it off the minute he puts it back I know. on. And I'm like, well, when... I don't really think that's how it works. You have to embed that shit in your body. But that but is whatever. a memorable scene, and good lord, that guy. Even back then, he has he always just been like a wall of muscle. He... Yes, but you know what? I can't decide what part is my favorite. I think it's when it just starts straight-faced, stone-cold, like punching himself in the chest. <laughs> just like over and over again, harder and harder. And you're, God damn, that guy is intense. Uh, he means business. When he started doing that, I started thinking of that scene from Wolf on Wall Street when Matthew McConaughey is... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is he <laughs> Totally different direction with that. When he flips that guy, the, the Canadian kid, I can't remember, with the nice eyes. He's got pretty eyes. Um, He flips him and it snaps his neck instantly. I'm like, holy shit, there's a kung fu flick all of a sudden. It seems like a little... her friend? Little, huh? Her friend? Yeah, her friend. Remember, he he stands up to him in the cafeteria, whatever, and then he waits for him and chases him out to the woods and flips oh, yeah, him yeah, over. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just but, was making sure because oh. there was a lot of violence. So it's hard to keep track. Yeah, but it's it almost seemed like it was so wild and smooth that it was straight out of a kung fu flick instead of a thriller. <laughs> it's a snap. I will also say that even though she's, like, not that important, I mean, I don't know, sort of important of a character, Alyssa Milano pretty good range of it. Yeah, it's, I, I keep freaking to mention, I kept thinking about it as we're bouncing around here. Her character actually seems to be the most complicated because she's yes. this rich girl who's bored out of her mind, so she likes to play with trouble, um, either to fuck with her parents or just give her something interesting in her safe little yeah. world, and it goes too far, and she keeps getting sucked down this fucking tunnel, and she can't get mm-hmm. out, and then it's too late, and they do thing and then yeah. it's just like first she deals with the trauma and then she starts to come out of it when if i remember correctly then she starts to help a little bit right or does she just kind of yeah she like she like feels like garbage about it and, and a lot of it you know it is the things that happen are because they were like drugged she was drugged up whether it was by choice or because it was forced upon her she wasn't making clear decisions and she uh kind of i think comes to her senses and tries to fix things um and then she ends up that's how she ends up being with them in the house is that she goes there to try to make things right with her because you know and explain yeah so i think she was a, a manipulated and advantage of a lot she may have made some bad choices that got her to that point but yeah i don't think she wasn't all all there yeah those were interesting years for her because she had come off of i want to say it was 92 or 93 she was off who's the boss and then mm-hmm. she did a couple of exploitation movies that were straight to video but she wanted to break out of that child act and it was a kind of a curse um that it seemed like you had to do that in order to like drew barrymore did it Corey haim did it nicole eggert they would do these sexual thrillers in order to break that image of them on tv and it almost never worked and for her she did those two then she did this 
and yeah. Double Dragon somewhere in there, and I feel like none of it worked, and thankfully Charmed came along like two years later and was, what, on for eight, nine years? That was a big hit. Yeah. Good for her. She's done a, she's still, do, you know, she's still done quite a lot of, t- but, um, and, you know, even, but, you know, still a lot of it's still kind of slight exhibition, but just Hallmark movie Yeah, kind of thing. yeah, I hope she doesn't, I always, how do they put out so many between Lifetime and Hallmark Channel, if you want it to be a thriller, oh, it's on I met, Lifetime. I meant Lifetime, but you yeah. know, same thing. And then Hallmark's always like, hey, we got 80 Christmas movies. Well, how many days are in December? Who gives a shit? <laughs> we'll start in September. Yeah, Fuck. they don't care. People eat that shit up. But, um, you know, regardless, I still think he is just one of the most cool women ever. Well, she's my first crush. Like, well... Yeah. We talked well, about this before. She like be the, mine too. I don't know. Those teen magazines. She was uh, the first. I was like, oh, I think I want to put a picture of her to look at her. You know, and then it was Amy mm-hmm. Dolan. So those two fought in my head. <laughs> it's just like, oh, well, Amy. Because she's out of control, which has got to come up on this. Show. Um, yeah. So uh, anything else to say about fear before we move on to swim fan? Mm, the only other thing I will say is I think that silly as it is, I think that that was the first time I ever heard of, of, of just Taylor ever. Really? And uh, it took a few more years became, before I became deeply, deeply in love with Miss Taylor. But just, yeah, I mean, when this movie came out, when I was seen, why would I know who that's Taylor true, that's true. was? That's true, that's true. Okay. Well, you always seem to be ahead of everybody else. So we're, every but time I would look at your record... By the time I was in college, I was like... All I all I did was listen, you know, I was I was in high school and I mean I guess I was kind of like a little backwards always. Yeah, I was always <laughs> I was always of what's now? What's now? And you were kind yeah. of like now and then. You were digging further back into the archive of what you know, the other music because you were more into mm-hmm. the independent scene and at that time I was all about like adrenaline, so it was always like really had an alternative. I think I was just open to like you know and interested in whatever so I was kind of just like absorbing whatever people share with and so I could make my own choices but yeah I mean I went to go see I went to a James Taylor concert was about one and I'm pretty sure I wasn't there I didn't know you went to one until now Yeah, I uh, I find myself now digging into genres and you know like artists that I know I kind of know but I never really listen to. Yeah. I'm telling you right now this morning I listen to Olivia Newton John. It's okay, good. Cool. It's good. <laughs> anyway, we're getting off track, yes. but um, so our second film is Swim Fan, basically the same kind of concept, switching the. Well, if you take the original Fatal Attraction, it just de-aged them. Whereas uh, as Fear is where they switched them. And um, I'm telling you right now, I was so sure. This movie did well. It, it cost 10, it made like 36 million, and I assumed that we were gonna get like track fan, uh, a basketball fan. <laughs> you know, I thought it was going to be like a genre, uh, uh, like a mini genre where we switch sports with every sequel, and we'd have like 20 of them. <laughs> They're all great, uh, straight to video or something. Nope. Well, again, I'm glad that didn't happen. Yeah. I, because um, it happens enough. Yeah, I think Fear is better, but there's a lot of cast members I like in this more than I do yes. Fear. Um, and this thing is loaded with people I didn't know were in it the first time. I haven't seen this came out, but I'm like, I know that person and that person, that person, that person. The I think the weakest part of this movie is the villain. I think Eric is not very good at it. Not really feeling I would I would say in comparison definitely yeah it's not and it has nothing to do with her being a female that's not um, what i'm saying is there's a reason why mark Wahlberg was launched with fear and erica christensen yes technically like nine months earlier she had launched with traffic i guess um yeah what did she do after this you got me i don't know she was on like 
Oh, what was that show with like Dexter? Oh, Parenthood. Yeah, she was on that. Oh, I didn't know. She was one of the things on that show, or she was on that show, but I'm not, I don't know. I mean, she did a smattering of this, but, you know, I think for her, I think a lot of it is like, oh, well, you kind of remind me, you like you were saying before about Abe Brenneman. Right. It's like, you kind of are sent to X, Y, and Z, and that happens for a lot of people. You're like, oh, blink, and, or change your hair color. Julia Roberts, like Monica Potter is Julia Roberts blonde hair you know uh and sometimes i think that's like literally then for like i hate to call it per cheap that's not fair, you know i mean an unknown uh, or a lesser known version that's shit cost effective <laughs> i guess is what we're yes. like hey we can't like, afford I'm not trying to diss her i don't yeah, no, know no. but i mean I don't know if it's not that great of an actress or if it's not a very good script. But also, Jesus, I mean, what did she even do? She basically just, like, stares at him out windows. Yeah. Well, and maybe that's... Every scene is her staring out a window. Yes, but also I started thinking about this as I said it, and I forgot. I'm I'm comparing Mark Wahlberg and, and, and... Well, his character and her character, and I forgot, she's cold and calculating. Everything she does is, whereas his yes, character is almost all impulse, obsessive, and a burning that's rage. That's true. It's their, their, the approach to their uh, obsession uh, is very different. She does not wear it all on her. She is very, which is maybe why, you know, she says she has lines, you know, makes it way, and then turns around and does something completely different. But in, there's a lot of just like, thinking like yeah. you don't know and and, she, and this is a thing that she just does she will become obsessed with one person and move to the next and um i think the big separator is that uh william peterson is standing in the way he's obsessed with her but i don't think he moves from obsession to obsession whereas he's just pinpointed this one girl and and the antagonist in his way is what's making him crazy whereas this i don't think erica christensen's character um really has any give a shit about him well yeah she doesn't care about him she doesn't have any obstacles in her way she doesn't have anything digging in uh sherry appleby's there but she fucking burns her off by cheating on him and she gets her out of the way she kills off you know clayne crawford but she uses him first and just nothing will stop her from her goal and once she's finished and burnt out on ben She'll move on to another. None of this matters to her. It's only yeah. the mission. It's, it's an like, almost, I don't want to say OCD. What What is it? Like I have, I'm not comparing myself to this character, but I have those things, especially when I was younger, where I would obsess about something, burn out, and then move on to something else. But I always had to have something that I was really obsessed with to burn out and yeah. start again. And I don't know what yeah, that is. Yeah, you meet. You replaced it with something else immediately. I don't know. Like, I mean, it's like... I don't know. I, I mean, I don't really know about, like, I have a degree in psychology, but I, I don't really, you know, haven't delved into, like, the behavioral context of a sociopath, but, you know, there's definitely more to It's not, you know, the, yeah, the difference is, like, he was obsessed with this girl, and maybe part of it, what, you know, what made it escalate is that he did have the obstacle and he really is to enjoy fucking with him like yeah. that was part of it oh when he you says know? i popped but both your her... cherries holy shit <laughs> what did you say when he says i popped both your cherries after he destroyed his car oh oh that's yeah, a cold yeah, yeah. shit right oh, there oh man yeah but um for her it's like literally it it, it could have been any guy yeah it's like it a methodology did not have to be him yeah. yes so do you think that 
is a form of OCD where you have to have that methodology. You have to go through these patterns, burn out, and then move on to something else. Like she was just going to keep mean, going from guy to guy to guy. I don't know. I think it's more sociopathic, but like I said, I don't really know the breakdown of that kind of stuff. Most serial killers who pass have patterns, but I don't, you know, I because she hadn't done it enough, you know, she'd only done this, this was her second time, supposedly, it's too soon to know whether she was doing it because, I don't know, it's hard to say. But I do think that their, that their mental state uh, was different. Their uh, rationale was different. Their reason for doing was different. Yeah, I don't, and, and like, I like Jesse Bradford, but I don't think this kind of role works for him. And, and I mean, it's nice that he got to, you know, do something other than charming comedy, but I think that's what works best for him because, you know, Bring It On got him this, but I think he works way better in his next film that, uh, what is that, Time Jumpers? What's the one with the Nickelodeon? Clock Stoppers. Clock Stoppers. I thought he was way I better think... in that. Listen, how old was he when he made this movie? Because he's got the craziest five o'clock shadow of any <laughs> Well, I know. Seen. Uh, 79 is when he was born, so he went to your 21. Okay, well, all right, whatever. Well, if you I remember, was... my best friend Ron had a mustache at 14. <laughs> so, uh... Some people just have different... I guess. (laughs) I could get a 5 o'clock shadow. My husband tells me that he had a full beard at at 14 or 15, and that's what made people stop bullying him. So um, you never know. But, um, well, that's nice to know that, you know, that once in a while they actually cast people who are the appropriate age. Yeah. Um, You know, I really thought that that Shiri Appleby was going to be bigger than she was. Yeah. I mean, it's not like she isn't still acting, but... You know, I think that maybe, which I, I shouldn't say we, but I was very emotionally committed to Roswell and thought, you know, that they were all going to be stars. Yeah, and there was a moment, there was a moment for almost every single one of them. You know, Forsaken is trash. It's highly entertaining trash, but it's trash and it didn't do anything for um, Brendan Fair. Jason. Now, Jason's the one who had the most potential because he had the grudge and that was huge. And the movies he got after that just didn't connect. I don't think he's actors. I think he just started again because he, I think he became a stay at home dad because his wife was on private practice to bring that back up again. Um, And she was on that for what, nine years. And so, and she still works a lot. Wasn't she on the grudge? Isn't she her yeah, that's how they Yeah, that's something? how they met. Katie Strickland? Yeah, I knew right? that. Yeah. Um, Kay- Kaylee, yeah, I saw something, something like yeah. that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Who else? Uh, of course, Colin is probably the one with the strongest career. And no, yeah. it has nothing to do with his dad. It helps that people know the last name, but he... You know, you know I, com- I find him and Jason Ritter to be very similar in a lot of ways. Yes. I mean, obviously, the famous dad, blah, blah, blah. The, like, you know, they're all... They were off often in the early years just sort of pushed aside as like the uh i don't know the the c-string friend right you know right. i didn't even remember he was in this movie but no i, I had just, no like, idea deep deep in my heart like i have deep love for him and and also for colin hanks like it's very similar i think they're like their like vibe is similar you know just like the friendly goofy you know guy who doesn't like really get get the love that he deserves um and i did not remember that like what's his name clay clay crawford yeah. what wasn't he also was, on roswell right after this i feel like he was at the end of season two yes i think that he was uh, wasn't he the musician person that maria like almost ran off with and then right 
And then I was like, but, you know, he was on, like, that Lethal Weapon TV show or whatever. And I was just like, oh, my God, I forgot that he did all this stuff as, like, a, a, a you know, young person or whatever. What a disaster uh, keep, of a show. keep seeing things that he was in. I was like, hey, that too? Oh, I don't even know. But it was obviously not worth watching. He left. But clearly there was serious content. Well, Damon's notoriously pain in the fucking ass. And yeah. apparently Clayne was also... An extreme pain in the ass. And they, all they did was fight Yeah, he'll and ne- fight I don't think fight. he'll ever work again. No, and Sean William Scott got brought into season three, and the reviews were fine, but Damon all of a sudden just said, I'm too old for this shit, I'm diabetic. <laughs> I didn't mean to make that joke about Lethal Weapon. <laughs> yeah, I, I just didn't even bother. Yeah, and, and I was like, oh, poor anyway, Sean, so. because I think Sean is severe underrated. He got I that, st- that stiffler role. It just owned him that game. He had to walk away, and now no one will cast him. Here's, you know, you know, it's a time for a resurgence for so many people. Maybe he'll get his chance. Yeah. Um, before I go is his yeah. best performance. That is so damn. Oh, I thought you were gonna end our no. episode. No. Uh, before I go is is he's gonna commit suicide. He survives it, but he decides to go home to his sister and try to think about the things that he's lost over time. What? And it's it's sweetly funny. It was directed by Courtney Cox. And oh. there's just such honesty in all of the silliness and because the, there's a lot of family dynamics that are very funny, but there's a, a broken part of him that, you know, obviously he tried to kill himself. Such a did nothing for him, made like 114,000. Hmm. What a bummer. I'll have to find it because that, you know, I'm always a sucker for a, a good messed up family yeah story. well in, I lo- we, we've always loved movies where someone gets cast against type and to bring it back to this movie james DeBello, who i think his most famous performance is the outrageous like uh, weirdo in detroit rock city who's trying to steal sure absolutely um, but this is so against what we know of that role i mean i think he's a pretty good actor after this he would do uh cabin fever and those, um, eh, what's it called? It's uh, National Lampoon's Dorm Days. And, and they're all just so wildly different performances for him. But this one, I think, is his best. There's something so strange and sad about his character and how he yeah. helps to take down Madison. That was her fucking name. One of those cheapo <laughs> fake names. No one's name Madison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, the whole thing is like, uh, okay, so I appreciated that, you know, she she obviously framed him, you know, I feel like there's a lot of stuff that was like, mm, I feel like this is really messy, the way they went about so many of the, the things that she did, I just didn't feel like it would happen that way, or that she'd be able to pull it off at all, like, I don't know, it just... I just don't really feel like it was very. I mean, how do you, how what how do I know what's realistic? But I feel like it was really messy. If you really thought too much about it, so don't think about it too much. I guess just uh, take it for what it is. But I appreciated that, like the Claim Crawford character, like he did, he figured shit out pretty quickly. He realized he was being taken a job, and that duh, of course, your friend is like. Uh, you know you know you know this don't you know at least there was a lot of things where you're just like yeah he had this past that they alluded to but rarely like really didn't mind very much but the people in his life really did realize that there was something to question because you know the girlfriend obviously she was upset with him but she quickly was i mean fairly quickly was like let's have a conversation about this and and obviously he made mistakes but he knew that there was more to it and just the people in his life actually 
yeah. kind of did tr- trust him and were like, yes, we do know you better than this. Um, and they they obviously trusted him enough to like, you know, get onto this plan with him and help him catch her. And, you know, they all did it together pretty much. And then the worst thing ever is she how does she how does she reach the gun and she like kills the cop how does she get unhandcuffed how does she get out of the backseat of that police car there's so many things that like like this shouldn't happen but i guess you know it happens all the time and like i don't know halloween yeah yeah (laughs) how did i don't know there's just if you think about it too much like I don't really think that the things that move the plot along actually would have happened or could have happened. So anyway, whatever. Um, I guess it worked. It worked out fine in the end. I guess he wasn't a very good fucking swim instructor. Jeez. <laughs> can I say this? Um, yes. Of course I can say this. Uh, no, actually I was going to say, did, I can't remember the end. I watched this two months ago um, on HBO Max. and uh, Yes. I, I, I watched it this Does morning. Does she die? Does she die or does she go on to more how does she die she she drowns in the pool because she didn't learn how to swim okay you remember that's the whole thing is she said i don't know how to swim oh he's supposed to teach her and then they get distracted from their their lessons by doing it all right guess what premarital sex kills because a lot of times post you know like sequel times you know once once like you know the stepfather all of a sudden is like they kind of kill him they They always do that like stinger at the end yeah and i'm like i kept they didn't they didn't i kept expecting mark Wahlberg to die because all he does is fall like a story down to cement i was like oh he's just gonna like you know fuck up his back and they're gonna look over the rocks and he'll be gone and uh Oh, no, that's right. He got impaled. I forgot with, like, an umbrella or something. <laughs> or, no, the fire poker. Um, that was pretty realistic, by the way, when he gasps for air after she punctures his lung. I was like, yeah. that's cool, because usually they just go, ah! Oh! He goes, <gasps> um, Yeah. But I couldn't remember how she died, and I was like, did they leave one of those things, like a stinger, while she shows up later with brown hair? She's like, oh, I love God. the way like, that you... I love the way that you play Like pool. at the end of um, Disturbing Behavior. Yes, that will always be. Makes me so fucking mad. Yes, so which was not mad. the original ending. Not the original ending. Yeah. Um, but I always like... <laughs> no, see, so they, they actually, like, have a... I mean, it concludes, and she, like, he saves the girlfriend, and the girl drowns at the pool because, remember, she told him at the beginning, she doesn't know how to swim, and... Duh, if you don't know how to swim, why are you obsessed with a swimmer, bitch? <laughs> but that would you imagine if this was a huge success and then we have like 18 entries in it at the end. It's like <laughs> billiards fan, <laughs> Cur- curling fan, uh, 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 all my poker fan, <laughs> badminton fan. Damn, that would have been weak. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so <laughs> you know, one of, the, one of the best things, or worst, whatever, is when she sends him all those messages and he like opens it up in the library and one of the pictures is like her topless. And I'm like, you know, that that totally wouldn't work if it came out in 2020 because the internet's so fast. <laughs> yeah, that scroll, that <laughs> but also you probably have blockers on it. But um, oh. the, I, which one of the two do you prefer? I mean, I don't know. I guess Fear is a better movie, but there's also uh, obviously things that make me super, super uncomfortable, like the like roller coaster scene. Oh, it, yeah. Uh, I did not notice that the first time I saw this movie. I didn't know what was going on at all. And this time, I was oh, like, I definitely Wait. remember it. But you know, it's so weird how they made that so like they tried to make that so romantic with like the song that was playing and stuff. Yeah. I was just, 
I don't know. It's so uncomfortable. There's several very uncomfortable moments in Fear. So, I mean, it's probably a better movie regarding acting and cast and, you know, dialogue and all that stuff. But it, the other movie might be one I could actually watch a little more often. But frankly, I mean, they're both fine, but I probably wouldn't like put it in my uh, once a year reboot. Yeah. Fear <laughs> disturbs me and a lot of it has to do with that dog yes. thing. That, that dog thing is unnecessary. I know it's an R-rated thriller and stuff and yeah. it, there's a fine line between scary and fucked up. That's fucked up. The do- anytime they do that in a movie with a dog, it just like it just it just destroys me. Yeah, so. and at the same time, if you're gonna do it, you could do it in a different way. You remember how they did it in Halloween where they just kind of see the body going limp and Michael yeah. Myers drops it slowly? And that's that alludes to whoa, what the fuck just happened? Instead of like, oh, there's the head. Jeez, you know, it's there's a tacky way of doing it, and they did it in a tacky. Yeah, I will say that they totally could have done that. And swim fan, he had a fucking dog, and they totally just let it be. Thank yeah. God. Um, well, I think one <laughs> differences are in PG thirteen. So that is it for this episode. The next one, what did we decide on? I can't remember. Uh, I don't know. We talked about a bunch of different things. I know that, uh, spoiler, if it's a spoiler, I don't know. At some point, probably in the next couple, well, maybe the next one we do, we're gonna, we were going to do Ginger Snaps. Okay. I'll think about it. I can't remember what I had. But our like. next, we wanted to do Glass House and Joyride. It depends if I can get the Glass House. So, yeah, I guess right now yes. we're, we're in the air so, of what I can pick but now mm. we have a few choices but we're really into like the whole fall halloween we probably should discuss doing a couple of more along those lines so yeah uh expect those pairings at some point but we might have to shuffle these around a yeah bit. So well we, we love you'll we love, get a surprise maybe yeah we love to do the 81 86 91 96 2001 i don't i don't want to go up to 2006 yet too recent but I'll try to find something from those years. Um, that's why I'm trying to find Glass House, but the thing's never any. It's not streaming anywhere. I'm not we'll paying full price. We'll talk about it. Yeah. All we'll right, everybody. So uh, check us out on Facebook under Hit Rewind Podcast, and have a good night.